It's 841, you are with SFM 104 to 107. And as you know, at this time on a Saturday, we like to focus on cars and we usually have our petrol head. Today we're doing something slightly different and we are talking to none other than Carol. Yep, she came in. She's our specialist and technical trainer, training with regards to Daimler trucks, but she can talk cars, she can talk that uh, car talk any day of the week. So, Carol, as always, what a delight to have you on the show. Hi, Michelle. Hi to your listeners all. How are you guys doing? We're doing absolutely brilliant. So, we know that you want to talk about ergonomics and cars. So, okay, that's like uh, what? How the wind sprays across the windows and the shape of the car, the impact in terms of its speed. Yeah, it's basically like the, I always say it's economics of, of, it's the comfort of your vehicle. So it's basically the architect behind how your seat is positioned, uh, where your your window switch is laid, where your operation, your gear is sitting, the comfortability actually of your um your your vehicle and how you adapt to it on the inside once you sit on the vehicle. I'm sure you've driven many different vehicle brands and they don't all feel the same. Everything yeah, that they all have the same things but maybe they don't feel the same. And that study or what the engineers put together um, on how everything is set up is called the study of economics. So Carol, let's talk about that because I was sitting in a friend's car the other day and mm. the the seat that was pushed a little bit forward. And what I realized very quickly was that how the car seat was positioned in the car meant that I could not stretch my arm back properly to get the seat belt. And I thought, now that's like really not ergonomically uh, sound in any kind of a way. How does one make sure that it all is positioned absolutely perfectly for you? I mean, lifting your seat up, pushing your seat forward maybe. What kind of like height should you have? Um, I have a friend who literally can't even see over her steering wheel. She's so tiny. But she does push her seat up, obviously. No, Ndosh, it's not you. Um, and <laughs> she's like, but, but what's very clear is that there's a hell of a lot that she has to do to make that car work for her. Yeah, so it's about how when you get into a vehicle, even if, let's say, I, I can imagine um, people that work as professional drivers, but they always have to change a different vehicle. So every time you get into a vehicle, you have to adjust the seat and the mirrors and all the other aspects to work for you, for your height, for your comfort, for you to be within reach of everything. And nowadays, because our vehicles are smart vehicles, we have electronics everywhere. We have even... Um, but I'll, I'll deviate to the truck side and the uh, uh, commercial spaces where we have vehicles that actually weigh out your weight and then will pneumatically using air systems to adjust um, your comfortability, the best way um, the vehicle thinks you'll be comfortable. And it does that for you. So are we saying then that because of the sort of artificial intelligence of the car itself, that it's able to make sure that you are most comfortably positioned? Yeah, so the vehicle, you'll be sitting down and it will pre-calculate your weight and then decide on the how much lift you would need, how much angle projects. Obviously, you still have um, the powers to edit and change if, if it maybe got uh, uh, an inch or two centimeters off or it's wrong. But you have those options in these um, luxury vehicles, not even luxury, but now 
all the technology in the vehicles allow the vehicles to do that nice features for you so you don't have to manually adjust and and slip the the a seat forward and backwards or up or anything. But I always find myself, um, you driving positive, sorry to say this, but ladies always sit very close to the steering wheel. And I always wonder, do they know that you can adjust um, the, the vehicle or the seat to be comfortable? How are you driving at 90 degrees in the steering with your face? Oh, so you're saying that your face should not be at 90 degrees to the steering wheel. In fact, your arms should be stretched Virtually, I mean, softly, but not straight, but softly out. Isn't that the case? Yes, I'm not saying drive from the back seat like our typical VW drivers or anything. <laughs> Don't be in the front. They're seat. so gangster, hey, those VW drivers. <laughs> They drive from the back seat. I mean, they don't even need to be in the front seat. They're all the way at the back. Yeah. And their arms are like very, very stretched. But just find a nice, comfortable position. Because imagine the risk of, of what's going to happen to mm. you when you... Um, anything mustn't happen to you. But if you ran, if you crash into another car, I mean, you will harm yourself. So yeah. don't be so close to the vehicle. But always take into account when you get into a vehicle... Just take into account the ergonomics, which is the comfortability of your positioning. I mean, you're in control of this vehicle and five other vehicles around you. The least you can do is make sure that you're in a comfortable maneuvering position um, to operate this vehicle. So we've got a question for, of, from Papama in um, Bloemfontein wanting to know, what is the protocol when it comes to uh, driving behind a truck or maybe overtaking a truck. And I suppose I would add to that question, what is the protocol of the truck driver as well? We know we've got Freddie, the truck driver, who's probably listening now as he's traveling today. So what would that protocol be, both for the driver in the small car behind a truck, but also for the truck driver as well in terms of overtaking and that kind of thing? Um, I think for 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 for, for everybody who, who actually did the case of P3 learning, we know that we we always reference to safe following distance. So safe following distance, it mustn't change with trucks. So you must always be two to three seconds um, away from your braking time. So whether it's a vehicle, whether it's a truck, treat it with the same respect. Just treat the trucks with a bit more respect because you're driving something that you're driving next to something that's what 18 meters, uh, 20 meters long. I mean, why would you want to bully something like that? We know who's going to win at the end of all of this. I always say just just humble yourself when you're driving next to a, a big commercial vehicle, regardless of how fast your vehicle can be. Same following distance. Let's always just practice that. Carol, is it, um, I mean, I just want to take this a little further because a lot of us are, are, and this, you know, as we get into the Christmas holidays, a lot of people will be driving on the road. We know that there are a lot of trucks on the road at the moment. Um, The longer rail doesn't work, the more trucks we'll see on the road. Um, But, you know, sometimes a truck driver will flash his lights to let you know that you can overtake. Is that safe? Should one take that as a given? Should one just say that's just them being really cool and being... um, you know, like making sure that you can go. Do we take that as real? Um, you know what I always say? I, I, I love how South Africans, we have this unknown and un, un, underground code on the road where we give each other signals and nobody else knows what it means. So usually the driver saying, you can't see. I am like 10 feet up higher than you. And I can see that you keep trying to move closer to, to kind of overtake. So I, I've never done it when I got the signal from the driver, well, truck driver, 
and you actually overtake and I've never actually regretted it or there has never been a false alarm and I don't think any driver would, would, would mislead you. Um, yeah. So most of the time it's legit. These guys are saying, I see you're trying to move. I can, I'm only permitted to move at about 80 kilometers or whatever and I can see you are trying to move at 150. So go ahead, buddy. Move <laughs> ahead. It's safe for you to move. And yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's all from my experience. It's always been safer. So one of our listeners um, uh, on WhatsApp, he's called Other Business, says never tailgate a truck because it blocks visibility. Um, overtake a truck quick because a car is faster than a truck. And I, 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 I'm assuming that tailgate means that you sort of poke your nose out. You go very, very close to the truck, then you poke your nose out, then you come back in, then you poke your nose out, then you come back in. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that. And that is actually very dangerous. Imagine if you are poking, you're going, you're tailgating, you're blind, you're closing off your blind spot. But the minute you poke out your your nose, there's a vehicle coming. So how dangerous is that? Why don't you just wait until it's safe to overtake or let work together? I mean, we're all going towards the same direction. This driver's trying to make it easier for you. Don't be, a, I just feel generally we, we angry people on the road. People are not patient People are just angry, and we overlook all these road rules that we already know. Yeah, yeah. We, we overlook it. We know what we, we're supposed to do, but we're just angry and impatient and just want to get ahead. Plus, our cars are very fast these days, so the confidence is a bit more extra than it should sometimes, but um, this is where we end up. So, you know, if we're going to go preparing for trips, we spoke about it, um, you know, I said, you know, it's December's coming up, people are probably starting to plan, maybe traveling to see family, and they might be going to another province. How do we start doing things like maintenance trips? And actually, um, I'm sure the truck drivers are also doing maintenance trips as well. What are the things we need to do checks on? Um, I think for, for truck drivers, it's a norm. Remember, driving long distances, every, it's an everyday thing. But for other motorists that don't commute on long distances um, generally, but one thing you should always check is the condition of your tires. Um, update the service of your vehicle. If you're one person who actually drives your vehicle to to the dead end, um, just make <laughs> sure that you make drive by... Uh, um, a center or a dealership and get your oil changed get just get your vehicle in the best condition for the road because the last thing you want to do is have a breakdown uh, on your journey so it's usually tires it's usually services check your suspension make sure that everything's fine wipers as well we neglect wipers until it starts raining so you know the tire thing and i, I keep asking this because um, i'm never a hundred percent sure but one should not drive one's tire and then fill it up when it's hot. Hey, you need to make sure that your tires are cold before you fill up, if you can. If you can, and then we also have um, places where you can add a bit of nitrogen. So they add a bit of nitrogen in your tire when they're filling up with air, because nitrogen has the effect of actually cooling down your tire as you're you're moving. So also, if you you don't always have to replace. I don't know if people know this basic servicing on tires every 10,000 15,000 or even 20,000 just walk into um, a tire place and ask them to do a rotation on your tires just to, wow. to keep the life of it you do a tire rotation you you can actually do a tire if you do a rotation and a balancing they will do if, if you do a balancing and a wheel alignment check they will do the rotation for free because they have to remove the vehicles anyway 
So, you know, um, I see that, uh, our, and we don't know what your name is because you've just, you've, the guy has put it out as other business. So I'm assuming that other business, this WhatsApp uh, uh, account is, is actually, I think that other business is a, is a truck driver because he's also saying, or he or she, is also saying never flash a truck before overtaking, especially at night because it blinds the driver for a few seconds and it's dangerous. They're all of these sort of like really small little things that we're actually not 100% sure. So if I'm driving behind a truck at night, I might um, put my brights on just so that he knows that I'm moving over. But actually, um, as other businesses are saying, that's not right at all. I think generally flashing other people on the road is dangerous. Um, how? Just imagine your own experience. The last time uh, you were working in, a, let's say you're driving opposite direction and a car is coming through and it has these flashing bright lights on. It actually um, blinds you, and that is a, a big risk on the road. I honestly don't see the reason why you would flash anyone, whether it's a truck, whether it's a vehicle. It's generally not something safe to do when there's another vehicle on the road. Yeah. So, okay, when does one flash? Uh, when you've just passed a policeman uh, who when is... When you've just passed no, a policeman in the opposite direction and you're feeling <laughs> nice, just warn the other motorists. There's danger ahead. Keep your seatbelt on if it's not on already. But I don't think it's safe. Don't flash anyone. Don't flash trucks. Don't flash people on the road. You can actually flash someone, um, trigger something or some sort of shock, and this person moves off the road mm. and crashes. So don't, don't flash anyone. That's why we have hooters. That's why we have sound signals. If, yeah. if you feel like you want to be um, extra on the road and you want to have pops and bangs or lights and whatever. But don't flash people on the road. You're, you're risking a pose of causing an accident. What about cruise control as we go into December? Cruise control is a beautiful function. I don't know if every, if you have a vehicle that has cruise control, please use it. Please use it. This is this is your opportunity to be on 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 autopilot on your vehicle. I mean, you must feel like a mini pilot on your own vehicle because this is the opportunity to allow your vehicle. To, to kind of navigate for you. So it's like a certain, certain level of AI intelligence in our vehicles. So the vehicle will safely continue to cruise and drive on your behalf, but with the predetermined whatever functions that were set up. So you set up the speed, you set up the, the distance at which um, you can override this, this cruise control function. And the beauty of this function is that it, it even sits on our trucks now. So our trucks have an active cruise control. No, it's not only a feature that you find on the on on on, on passenger vehicles anymore. So um, I'm I'm inter- We've got Freddie, the truck driver, on the line or not on the line. He's left a message. He's listening, and uh, he is a truck driver. Freddie. Good morning, good morning, Sister Michelle, and good morning to your guests. It's Fred the trucker. Just to add on, Sister Michelle, right now I'm driving a truck that is 25 meters long, and I'm loaded with something like 36,000 tons. That means I need space to break this truck. That's why I always keep this following distance. But people who are driving small cars, they always see an opportunity for themselves. They just like to put their small cars in front. I leave that gap for a reason. So people need to, to be advised for let the truck driver have that space. Don't just jump in front of him, especially when it is raining the distance increases. That three cars, we can add more three cars, make it six. Because this truck, when it's driving at 80 kilometers, to stop it, 
it takes a lot of time, Sister Michelle. Let's be safe on the roads and let's love our truck drivers. <laughs> we do love our truck drivers so much. Now, someone is saying that cruise control is bad on wet weather, bad at night and bad. Oh, it's clear and bad on a dizzy on a busy road, dizzy road as well. So you, you're you saying go for cruise control, but obviously there is wet weather. There is, I mean, there are times when one shouldn't use it and one should be very careful. But you need to always consider, I mean, cruise. Why would you want to cruise in traffic? Why would you want to cruise on in city driving? I think that you, you need to know when to use the function. It's a beautiful function when you know where to use it. So obviously in traffic, you don't want to be cruising in traffic. Nobody cruises in You can't even, it's an oxymoron. You can't even use those two words together. You can't cruise in traffic or you can't cruise in the rain. So the, the function, the benefit of cruise control is that you don't have to keep your foot on the accelerator pedal. Your foot can actually relax it, 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 on long distance driving, um, preferably on a freeway or a road that doesn't have any um, so much turns and and knocks and whatever. So yeah. it minimizes your fatigue because it's a cruising function. So you're just idling there. So you're still, still focused. Not it's saying, not that you're not focused. It's not that you're not no, focused. No, don't fall asleep. Nobody's <laughs> saying fall asleep. Stay on the road. However, you, you, you it kind of, the, the vehicle will 20% uh, allow you to relax some functions while it, it controls and steers the vehicle safely. But okay. only when it's safe to do so. I've got a quick question for you and then you've got like 10 seconds to say how to do it. This is from Mark. When approaching a traffic circle, I enter the circle as a one-way. I only engage my indicator just before exiting the circle. But I've noticed the trend to be that when you enter the circle, that people engage the right indicator and stop indicating on leaving. Please tell me what's the correct way to indicate when you get into a circle. The way I understand it, the way if I can reference to K53, you get into your traffic circle. So first you indicate your direction. You are entering a circle that has about three possible intersections. So you first, you enter with your indicator indicating which direction you are opting to. Once you're inside the circle, you then update the direction of which you are going to exit that traffic circle. Aha, uh-huh. that sounds simple but enough. That's how it should be. But drive to KZN and oh my goodness gracious, I think there's no K53. We need to update the database there. I don't think people go through the theory part of getting a driver's license. It's nine o'clock. <laughs> Leaving Carol at that, it's nine o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning.